I'm competing against myself. History, <laughs> possibility, physics weren't opponents for me. What I what what is an opponent for me, Jack, as Jack is myself. <laughs> well, actually, Tim also had 16 wins in 2011. That makes my line less funny. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. Welcome to Atlas Bot, a weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic, and yes, Bockers, there was some drama this week, happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the 10 owners in the league. This is episode 18, entitled Godzilla vs. King Kong. Okay, welcome to episode 18 of Atlas Bocked. Low-key, Joe, it's great to see you. Great to see everybody. Jack Swagger, welcome to the call. <laughs> What's happening, fellas? LG, how are you? I'm feeling uh, the lack of a really catchy nickname, you know, with Low-key and <laughs> Jack Swagger. Uh, you know, LG, I'm not, I'm not feeling that yet, but we'll see. Well, loquacious GCC was too much to say, so I just went to yeah. LG. <laughs> Well, it's, it's kind of tenacious D-like, which is good, but maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't know, guys. What, sh- what, what, what kind of nickname should we have for Greg? I had a college roommate who had a terrible, his parents cursed him with his given name, and he set out about getting a nickname. And you can't just request a nickname or yeah. make it up yourself. I just feel jealous of the great nicknames that Joe and Jack have. Well, this is Tim, the left coast Larry King, and I'm excited to be here. So welcome, G-Bone. Mr. G-Bone to you. Welcome, Mr. G-Bone. We'll do a quick rundown of the scores. So we've got the Dreamers playing the Omission Commission. And right now, Omission Commission is up 23.6 to the Dreamers 22.1. However, the Dreamers have Gary Sanchez, bottom of the fourth against the Yankees, and the Omission Commission has he of high HQ, Andrew Benintendi in the fourth inning, and also Aaron Judge. So this is a game we'll probably watch throughout, but right now we have Omission Commission with the win, 
which would be a thunderous moment in the Omission Commission's march through this season. Another game we have going on, Reardon Metal and Mr. Blonde's Heroes. Right now, Mr. Blonde's Heroes is behind. They're at 23.65, Reardon Metal at 24.35. And Mookie Betts, who is now on Reardon Metal, we'll talk about that a little later, has hit a home run to put Reardon Metal ahead. And Mr. Blonde's Heroes has Brett Gardner, who is sitting on the bench right now as of this moment again fourth inning with the Red Sox versus the Yankees so another another big game the outcome on this one we'll come back to it once we know it's a final Jack's Wax Packs beat Lethal Injection 33 and a half points to 21 points just absolutely annihilated Lethal Injection and this was big because St. Locash won again with 18.355 points against the Punks at 14.8 points so Again, St. Locash has this weird kind of lucky streak going on right now where they're they're just winning games with very little points. And then uh, 47 Ronin beating Bad Street 27.6 to 18.65. Finally, 47 is off the schneid. So the standings are this way now. The Griffey division, Jack's Wax Packs, continues to just beat everybody. Uh, they moved to 12-3, and three, number one in the big boy division. Mr. Blonde's Heroes and 47 Ronin are tied once again, both at 6-9. and nine. And the Funk and Punks fall to 5-10. and 10. They're effectively completely eliminated. In the Bonds division, Lethal Injection and St. Locash are now tied at 8-7 and seven apiece. And I think we have a new Bloodsport division, Joe. Uh, this, is, this is getting super, super interesting. Bad Street, of course, loses again, and they are done for the year. Omission Commission and Reardon Metal. Looks like both teams are going to win at this moment, which would both move them to 10-5. and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, tie in the McGuire division. And then the Dreamers losing would, would, would be really tough. And we, we're not going to see the Dreamers make any significant moves for the rest of the season of that. We are pretty certain. Well, we'll get into it a little later on, boys. I think the big story for this week is the fact that Bonds and McGuire division, that we have this competitiveness and that the Griffey division is essentially not really competitive at all. I mean, the, the number one team has uh, almost lapped the rest of the teams. I, I don't recall a year where there's been more uncertainty going into the final stretch of the season where, you know, uh, divisions were up for grabs. I mean, I, I know that uh, the wild card's been pretty hotly contested the last few years, you know, except for Pops, you and I, Tim, where uh, everybody else seem- seemingly is in it. Looking at the standings and thinking, boy, what if what if everything stayed exactly the same as it is right now? I would end up having to play Jack in the first round of the playoffs. That would be tough. Yeah, that was something I was actually looking at today uh, as well. The second seed is uh, is actually starting to look more attractive uh, than the first seed going into the playoffs. The second seed would play the winner of the other division, which at this point could be Chris, no offense, but that would be a, a more attractive opponent in the first round than yourself or uh, or Scotty at this point. Yeah, because he owns the owns the head-to-head tiebreaker against me if, if everything stayed the same. I don't expect it to, but yeah, it's going to be a hell of a stretch, man. Chris, again, maybe shouldn't have won and he's not, you know, he's he's not taking it too seriously either. But for a team that's tied for first place, you're tied for first place. At that point, who gives a fuck how you got there or what you <laughs> did to, to to get there? You're there. So, um, you know, he's still getting five points out of the staff. He, uh, I, I, I have officially offered him Boston back. I have not gotten a response yet, but I have. Well, I mean, at this point, that that division is completely up for grabs. 
I, I can't think of a scenario why you wouldn't make a move to to try and win it outright. I mean, other than the fact that right three weeks ago you had a good staff and you traded it because you were basically packing it in for the season. So right. just the way I'm built, I, I there's no way I could be tied for first place and not making effort moves to uh, to win this year so it's going to be interesting both like like both divisions are uh, are going to be interesting you guys uh you guys are battling it out down there do either mike or chris have somebody injured coming back anybody important on either team uh chris does uh not injured um but chris uh, when when is Marte due back uh, um, July 18th. Okay, so yeah, so assuming that, that he can drop back in and, and do anything near what he was doing or capable of doing, then yeah, that's a pretty good guy to just plug in. You know, this is an interesting week, the All-Star break. I was thinking about it as I was uh, sweating out this week's loss to Joe. And, and you know, it, was, it felt good to have players on my team be actual MLB All-Stars. You know, but it is a quirky little week, and it also occurs to me that it's a disadvantage to have the players on your team named real all-stars because they're tired, right? They're, they don't get that rest. And, uh, you know, Springer, Altuve, uh, the couple of guys, uh, you know, Cozart, the, not that he was in the lineup, but the couple of guys that I had who actually made the real MLB all-star game, uh, they're, they're, they've been traveling all around, messing with their swings in that silly home run contest. Can you hear the bitterness in my voice? <laughs> does 10 and 9 get you the wild card it usually does but this year is it's weird because it um it, like we're talking about how much closer everything is but it looks like the wild card team may end up with a, a better record than that uh, you know the way that things are looking in in joe's division there yeah, I agree. We have several teams that are doing really well and several teams that are doing mm-hmm. extremely bad you know you think about the punks myself uh the heroes and pops i mean we're nowhere to be found so you're right i think there there's going to be a winning team that that maybe has 10 or 11 wins that doesn't make it in it's Mm. potential there's potential for that well there's potential you know but it's it's a game of streaks it's 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 a long season i mean even even at this point we could all sit here and make predictions about what we think is going to happen and there'll be something that will surprise us you know i look back at the beginning of the season i was one and three it can it can change in a month yeah no i I was two and three yeah this is my 10th win in a row actually this week so (laughs) i can imagine you two and three right you remember that I, I, it, 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 it's it's almost beyond my comprehension. As well, it should be. I'm not sure I believe it. We have to go back and check. We should check. No, I, I don't even think I would have believed the factual history of that. Of altered documents. Right. Yeah, he, he actually did. He actually did think about it. at one point. I thought he was, I might need to break this team up. Mm-hmm. It was a good thing you didn't, huh? Well, I mean, I did a little bit, but to the to the good. So I've made a couple of small moves, but yes, overall. And 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 honestly, the guys that that I was talking to you about breaking up, I probably still could do without. So Jack Swagger in week three, his team was one in two, and he was in third place, tied with Mister Blonde's Heroes in the Griffey Division. I, I don't accept that. Reardon Metal was in last place in the McGuire division at one and two. And then by week four, Jack Swagger's team was two and two and in first place of the Griffey division. And then has, and then by week five, they were nine and one somehow. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, it was interesting. In week five, uh, 47 Ronin actually stepped ahead of Jack's Wax Pack uh, by less than a point. Um, so I did rest it away from him in week five and week six. And then that's when that's when the epic round began. For Jack's were, were you feeling like it was all sunshine and lollipops back then? I was. I was. I, it felt normal to me. It felt like that's how it should go. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a weird kind of and and Jack, I wonder if you're feeling it now. I don't want to say you expect to win. Or I I didn't expect to win because I would watch the scores, but I wasn't surprised to win. You know, it was more about how much I won by. I mean, is that is that where you're at right now? Is that kind of like, eh, you know, um yeah, but they, they, you know, for for the most part, uh, you know, Joe get like I said, Joe gave me a good game a couple of weeks ago. Um, the, I don't um, really remember it that way. It was close comparatively. You know, the, the first seed isn't locked up, but like I said, there's not a whole lot of value to it this year. So yeah, it's um, I, that's what I that's what I wanted to uh, after hearing your explanation of what it's like to get knocked out this early. Um, I wanted to uh, sit by a brook and, and listen to Enya for a little <laughs> bit as well. So um, that's what I did this week. I uh, I just put my lineup in, let my guys play, and I'll check back with them on Sunday. Joe, to clarify, when, when Jack said you had a, a good game, that's a game where Jack doesn't double up on his opponent. And that's yeah, that's, that's what he kind of what I was play. thinking. He, he still had to check the scores on a Thursday. Uh, we've got a mission commission against Jack's Wax Pack, so that will be... I think a very interesting game to watch. For sure, Reardon Meadow plays Bad Street, so that should that should cure your yeah. ills right there. Not as much, not, not as interesting. Bad Street has won three games this year, and they did have the top score one week, so it's nothing's guaranteed. No, no, I'm it, look. I mean, if there's anything, I'm, I'll be able to tell you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I totally agree with you there. We're spoilers at this point, Tim. Let's, I, let's be honest. I, I, I mean, I totally it's agree. Mathematically possible, but it ain't gonna happen. Because we play each other the last week of the season. Um, we do. It's yeah, so, so are spoilers. I mean, so we're going to, this last week, boy, what chutzpah on both of our parts. We thought that this last week game between you and I would be really meaningful. Now it's going to be each of us putting our best teams on the field because that's who we are. Right. But each of us hoping that we lose so we have <laughs> one, one higher <laughs> slot next year's draft order. Let's be honest. You know, I, I did, um, uh, since you were looking at the schedules there, I actually took a peek at mine, which I don't do often. Again, big week this week with omission. We're to the, the two longest streaks right now, winning streaks, um, two of the higher scoring teams the last few weeks. So it should be a pretty big game. After that, I have Bad Street, Low Cash, and the Punks to close it out. So should I get past this one, I, I may end up riding that streak into the playoffs that we were talking about, you know, whether that's a, a good thing, a bad thing, believe in luck, so on and so forth. I've, I've actually gotten through some of the harder part of my schedule. So have we, have we had a 16 win team? No one's gone undefeated. The old league. I think there may have been a couple of seasons like that, but, but up oh, here. Oh <laughs> yeah, I did it. 2014. I was 16 and three, the Philadelphia experiment at the time. Hmm. Maybe I can, I'm going to compete against them this week. That was <laughs> a fun year. Yeah. I went 15 and four that year. Tim went 16 and three. We're in the, uh, in the same division. That was fun. What was I? The there? good old days when we could dominate. Oh, wait, I still am. But it, it, um, it definitely, it's definitely pulled itself 
uh, a little bit tight. I was 15 and four the year before that as well. There's not a lot of repetition. The funny thing with, we finally decided to do this division thing with, uh, with the Griffey and, you know, we've done it two years and it's done exactly the opposite of what we expected. I don't think it's bad still by any means, but, um, you know, repeating has become more and more difficult. What's your, uh, what's your win streak right now, Jack? That would be 10. So if you win this week, you'll tie Tim for the longest winning streak. Really? At 11. Yep. Right. Something else to compete against. That's good. Thank you. History. Okay, we're going to stop here. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to have a return guest. We have the pseudo scout. Justin will be returning. This guy has been a balker from the very beginning. And we're going to have some fun. We're going to have him uh, take part of team that uh, right now is uh, essentially a zombie team. We had an owner that had to drop out. We'll talk about it a little later on. But um, I I think it'd be great for us to interview Justin uh, as there are several people that really want to buy into this league. I'd really like to know what Justin would do. I've sent him the roster, so he has had time to study it. And then much like Jack's interviews of the mascots, we're going to interview him and see if he you know, potentially could be an owner in this league. So uh, we'll take a break right now, refill our drinks, and we'll be back. Hey, Justin, how you doing? I'm doing very, very well. Excellent. So we have uh, Joe. You remember Joe? Yeah, it was going, cool, bud. And then Good, how are you? We, we have Greg, who I think is probably 20 pounds lighter since the last time you saw him. He's looking good. Looking solid. He's looking solid. Yeah, yeah. What's sure. up, buddy? Uh, and then we have uh, Jack Swagger. I don't know if you met Jack. You did not meet yeah, Jack last night. Yeah, Justin. Yeah. No, how you doing? So, very well. Yeah, Justin, uh, welcome to the podcast. You're you're one of the um, the OBs, one of the original Bockers, and so it's great to have you back. <laughs> nice. And we really enjoy uh, really enjoyed having you on. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, the episode that you were on, Pseudo Scout, is our number one downloaded episode. Oh, big time! Yes. All right, so I'll take uh, that. Yeah, I don't know what kind of social media presence you have or. You know where where your contacts go? Not but much. <laughs> for whatever reason, you've been able to push that. Well, you know what it is, Tim. Every time uh, Justin goes out on a new Match. dot com date, you know that's his thing. He's like, "Hey, you got a you got a you got an iPhone, honey? Pull that it's... thing out. Uh, here, yeah, look up this i look up this uh, podcast. I'm on it." <laughs> it gets me the second date, and um, that's pretty much where it ends. So I'm hoping the second. And here now that gets recorded to be the third one. Absolutely. <laughs> Joe kept wondering why he kept getting requests to join Match.com. So now we know. <laughs> apparently, he is the sex symbol of Atlas Bach. Um, <laughs> but, I think uh, he's Serge Tanky. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so, Justin, um, last time we talked, 
you really got into some players. And I think this is, you know, mid mid season now as mm-hmm. our resident expert on prospects, we thought it'd be a great time to hear about some prospects that have really caught your eye. Yeah, actually, my favorite minor leaguer right now is a catcher with the Indians, Francisco Mejia. Oh yeah, I think this. I think this kid's going to be a stud. Really, I'm looking at uh, the second coming of Yadier Molina in his prime. Three fifteen hitting, twelve to fifteen home run uh, catcher with Gold Glove defense. Really, with the uh, with the catching position, you get a guy that's going to give you a a three ten average with double digit home runs. I mean, you're a, you're probably a top five guy. So uh, on the corners, any prospects that you think uh, really were probably not that well known before the start of the season, but have made some moves, um, or maybe we can just say any infielders. How's that? If we look at any infielders that have kind of moved up, in your opinion. You know, a guy that I saw at the fall league last year that I really, really liked. I think he might end up having more real value mm-hmm. than fantasy value. But Nick Gordon's power has really started coming on this year. I think that kid's going to be really good. Um, shortstop is another position where, um, you know, I think if you're batting 300 with uh, double-digit home runs, just like catcher, that might be enough to give you a, a top 10 guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think Nick Gordon might end up being that. I mean, he was so skinny when he got drafted, what, like fifth overall by Minnesota? And reading scouting reports, I was like, uh, I don't know about this guy. I think they really just kind of drafted a uh, middle infielder with a pedigree. Mm-hmm. You know, his dad was in the game, um, but man, um, he he's really exceeded my expectations. Like I said last year at the fall league, he, he looked really really good, and um, his stats this season, he's a uh, he, he's really taken a step forward for me. You know, even though Franklin Barreto and his little cup of coffee, um, he had two monster home runs. Yes, he did. You yes. know. Um, in, in his first game, and then he hit that walk off. I want to say he only batted about a buck ninety, but um, man, again in the fall league, that kid can rake. Um, quite honestly, I don't see a whole lot of difference between Barreto and uh, Gleyber Torres. I love it. Yes. So obviously, you're a Barreto owner. I, I <laughs> am a Barreto. I I owned him, traded him, and then got him back. So yeah, yeah he's been tossed around. Uh, quite yep. a bit, actually. I think everybody on this podcast has had him for mm-hmm. at least a moment. At least a moment. The, the dude's going to be spraying line drives into the gap and down the line. I could easily see 40 doubles out of the kid. Yeah. He's like that. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah. Yes. He's, like, yeah for sure. he's like Elizabeth Taylor. He's been around. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the outfield, Justin? Any that really jump out to you? I, I have not seen Ronald Acuna play yet, but... Mm-hmm. Geez, is there a prospect with more helium in, in baseball right now? I don't think there is. I mean, the kid's at 19. He just got promoted to triple A. I mean, he was in, what, high A, low A earlier this year, and now he's in triple A? Yeah. Holy mackerel. Yeah. I mean, so I hope Atlanta knows what they're doing, and they're not messing with this kid to turn him into the next Jeff Francoeur. Or is he going to be the next um, Andrew Jones? Um, apparently, the kid's got more power than uh, Victor Robles. Uh, to me, he and um, Bo Bichette, although Vladimir Guerrero Jr., um, he's really made some headlines this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Vlad, Vlad Jr., his discipline, he looks like he could be hitting 300 at the show also. 
I mean, that kid's plate discipline is, for that age, Vlad Jr. might end up being, he might end up being legit. We, we were talking about bloodlines. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to last week's episode, but we were talking about the Bichettes. We were talking about the Gordons. We were talking about the Guerreros and how these kids, but Bellinger's another one, right? These kids of major league players and their ability to really step into the, into the to limelight and perform and perform at a high level. And I know it's yeah. not guaranteed, but... You know, we also, I think we're feeling a little old uh, as well. The fact that we watched their dads play. <laughs> I think Joe's watched people's grandfathers play. But other than that, you know, also Jack's connection to the Bichette family. And I thought, you know, w- one of Jack's runs in an older league that we're in, we were in, involved Dante Bichette being on his team. And I think it was a multi-year run that was it was quite incredible. For sure. Yeah. So the fact that he now has Bo Bichette is, is a little little scary for me. Let me ask you this. If if you were to start a fantasy team around two prospects, so in other words, say there was an expansion team opportunity in the Juices League, and you could have any two players that have not had one at bat at the major leagues, mm-hmm. who would those players be and why? All right. I like that you're throwing out the uh, never had a major league at bat because obviously I'm thinking Mikata. <laughs> Right. Just, just because of, just because of the upside, Brandon Rogers premium position, and um, I mean he's going to be in Colorado. Yeah. That's already a good offense, so his counting stats are going to be good. I mean Brandon Rogers, he might actually be it, um, like number one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I am so high on Francisco Mejia that um, he comes to mind, but with Vladimir Guerrero. I can't imagine him being like his dad. I mean, his dad was one of the best players I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, like so under, so underrated. I mean, that was a, that was a legit five tool player. His dad was, um, gosh, you know, I'll, I'll go Brennan Rogers and uh, Guerrero jr. Wow. Okay. If, if if I was going to be starting it, you know, those are some premium positions. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think you can go wrong. Sure. So onto a slightly different talking about team ownership. We currently have, I wouldn't say a full on zombie team, but we have an ownership group. One has dropped out of the league and the other one is not likely to continue ownership of the team. Mm-hmm. I know that you had expressed an interest in the league. So we felt it'd be good if we performed an interview live. On there. A lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah, a lot of pressure. There's a lot of riding on this. (laughs) (laughs) My question is, looking at that team, they're probably not going to make the playoffs this year, although they they are in the wild card hunt. So so if you were to take it over tomorrow, they're still in the wild card hunt. So I'd really love to hear kind of what your approach would be. Um, Well, it looks like second base was Jed Jerko. That's correct. Um, I I definitely try to upgrade there. Um, but uh, I believe you guys have a middle infield spot. Do you have corner infield as well? How is that? So we have a first base and third base, right? You have to have a first baseman on first base. You have to have a third baseman on third base. Middle infield, we have two middle infielders that start. And a middle infielder could either be a shortstop or second baseman. So you could have two shortstops starting, you could have two second basemen starting, or you could have a shortstop and a second baseman starting. 
Okay, so essentially there's four middle infielders. Um, no, there's just no. there's just two. Just, just two, but they can be from from okay. either position. So um, got it. And then your three outfielders. Mm-hmm. And then do you have a DH? A DH. Yeah, yes. and that can be from any position, just your okay. next best player, essentially. That's really our okay. utility spot, right, Jack? Yeah. Essentially. Okay. Um, I don't know. I really liked that team. I mean, Gary Sanchez, um, I mean, I think if that guy was was healthy for a lot of the season, um, it might not really come down to a wild card spot. Same goes with Freddie Freeman. You know, I mean, how many how many games would uh, that team have won if both of those guys were healthy? Which yeah, Donaldson uh, too. Uh, correct. Um, so, I mean, we're we're talking about three really good players right now. Freeman and Sanchez are both young. Those are, those are some keepers. Corey Seager, stud. I don't know. I don't necessarily want to say it looks like the next Tulowitzki, but he isn't too far off. I mean, JD Martinez. There was another good outfielder. He is Yelich. He is Martinez. He is Peterson. Who's hurt? I mean, really. Trumbo. Trumbo. Yeah. I think what needs to be done is actually pretty minimal. um, With this being a dynasty league, I mean, the the heart of that is actually going to be good for a few years now. Quite honestly, if I was running this thing, I'd sell the farm. I would be moving Kyle Tucker. I would do what I could to um, really get the best player that I could that was going to help my team right now. Again, like I touched on before, like prospects can do no wrong, you know, and I would try to leverage that. If I had that team, I really wouldn't be thinking a whole lot about even next year or two years from now. Mm -hmm. I, I I think that you could win that win with that team now. It's an interesting take, Justin, and we've talked about it on these podcasts before not just about the dreamers, but about a lot of the owners in our league. And I'm probably among that in that spectrum where we're so, I think we've seen teams like Tim's and Jack's do so well over the years that we all have become very enamored with prospects, almost to the point where we're so reluctant uh, move those prospects to make a move, to make a bold move, you know, because we've, yeah been a lot of talk between owners this year who were kind of in that position that you're describing where they have good teams, maybe some injury problems, but they've, they've kind of held back and not pulled the trigger because there's such a fear of giving up the next big thing. But to your point, there are teams that might be in a position to win it all now. Yeah. And, uh, that's how I view that team, you know, with a, with a clean bill of health, I think, uh, and again, depending on what their rotation is like, um, I, I think that team's got a legit shot. I don't know what's Kyle Tucker going to be. Is he going to be the next Byron Buxton or is he going to be the next Aaron Judge? I don't know the uh, the gambler in me. I, I'd uh, I'd sell the farm for it. <laughs> talk about, and, and, and then uh, I uh, you know come, I'd come in like a, a close third place the next couple of years, <laughs> and then I would be like you know the next Philadelphia Phillies. You know, when they got this this aging team and it's like, great, we have no farm system. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. This is now what? Uh, 37 and fucking 60 something. J.D. I heard J.D. Martinez talk about him going to the uh, to the Rockies as well, which oh obviously. Oh, my God. Not. Yeah. Yeah. I heard um, I heard him going to um, uh, 
Arizona as well. I'll be honest, I had to, I had to look up this kid, um, this third base prospect for the Brewers that was in that team's farm system. I never even heard of the guy. Well, you? that's saying something. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. I, I'd, I'd never even heard of him. And um, <laughs> he's he's obviously not going to be playing third base with Travis Shaw. This, to me, uh, this begs an interesting question. I was going to save this for the next segment, but I, I'd be curious about Justin's take on this. Uh, Justin, you know, as, as we're contemplating uh, perhaps having a need for a new owner in the league, um, a couple of things rolled around in my mind. Uh, as a prospective owner in a league, and I'm thinking about myself, and, and you know, part of the fun is building a team. Yeah. So you, you looked at the roster and you're describing immediately how, you know, you wouldn't covet these young players and, you know, uh, seek to develop them over the next two to five years where you, you're, you're a gambler. You're going to go all in. You're going to shake up the roster. And so yeah, I like that. One, yeah, that's the way yeah. to do it. Yeah. I like well, that. and so, so, so this is the question that I would ask my fellow owners and you, Justin, as a fantasy baseball expert, you know, what's more appealing to try to attract a new qualified, uh, engaged member to the league to, to make available to them a really good, I think, good team or, you know, and again, part of this is the appeal for the existing owners too. Do we break up this team? Do we have some sort of a supplemental draft after the season for the nine existing owners, you know, based on record or maybe the record over the conglomerate record over the last three years or something like that, uh, go through this How about roster. just this year? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. Tim, <laughs> well, it's, it's believe me, that's why I said the last, the last three years because I know that you and I, Tim, are going to be like, oh, look at these dicks. They're not having a good year in, in Greg's <laughs> – Machiavelli over there is going to try to, you know, manipulate the situation to, to Jack's detriment, but no, where we break up this team, we, we absorb them onto our rosters and then we have to get down to the, the roster limits by releasing whoever's on our team and then making it a true expansion team. Um, I don't know. I mean, if I took ownership of that, then they would be mine. <laughs> That's what Liz Taylor's fifth husband said too. Yeah. yeah sure. um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would, uh, I would try to make my, uh, my own customized moves and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think I, I understand what you're saying though, Greg. We, we, um, we haven't had this situation. We had um, in the old league, we, we did have a situation similar to this and we had um, hocked a, a, a team or two back in the day. You know, juiceless. We have not. We we you know, Greg came in and 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 started from scratch and took his fucking lumps and, um, you know, paid the same amount as everyone else. And but, and but I like it. It was right, no, 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 no. I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, there is a. There, I, I, I'm. Well, I don't know because I don't ever do it, but I'm sure it is fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, then the uh, the other two guys, same situation. They came in and 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 again, you know, started from scratch, paid their dues, paid the same money as everyone else. Um, yeah, none of them were were handed a, a Freddie Freeman or a, or a Sanchez or a, or a Seager. They had to go find them. They they did get Seager in the expansion draft. Just to be clear, they got oh, them well, off then, my okay, team. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> one, of them, one of them did get a Seager. Yeah, and and yeah, and and then that that we you know we would definitely um, do. I, I I would even think you know in a scenario like that, and and I'm just you know amusing uh, 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 the idea, but. Um, he would be included almost in that draft, um, have the same opportunities to get the guys at least, um, you know, maybe in that situation. I don't know, but um, I, I could see the the 
you know, I could see I, I, when it was first was brought up, my, my initial reaction was, oh, we should charge twice the, the, the regular amount for this fucking. <laughs> I kind of look at it when, when you're, when you came into the league and when the dreamers came into the league, we were expanding the league. So it was expand. It was an expansion draft. Um, I hated uh, having to put players up for draft. And now I would hate to dissolve that team, have to adjust my roster again after some of the moves I just made recently, and then have to go at it again. In my mind, this is like in Major League Baseball, you could buy the expansion Rays or uh, Rockies when they expanded, or you can buy the Marlins, you know, as they are. And, you know, it's been a really interesting discussion recently about should, should the should the current ownership be able to try to shop Yelich and Ozuna and Giancarlo Stanton uh, to get the cost off the books, or should that be the new ownership's group, the new ownership group's decision to do so? And I, even on thinking that before this question came up, I thought it should be the new ownership group. Why would I trust Loria to make the, the changes? So I, I love that you're coming up with ideas, but I, I would not like that. And frankly, to see Justin's, interest and excitement in taking this team and quite frankly showing some balls in terms of I can I mean, make this team to the take it to the playoffs well you should think that I mean it's a good young team that's what I'm saying as far as coming into a league it's not like we're handing them over no offense pops Mike's fucking dad's team I mean it's not like we're like <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a um it's a it's a solid and, it, and it's like I said it it has both aspect it's it's in competition right now and, and we're literally it was a, a a bad move by whoever's running the team right now on a sunday they may have pulled out a victory and now we're talking about them being tied and and you know right back in the the uh the wild card race so um they're right in it but at the same time if they weren't to make it um uh, much like the the conversation we had this week tim you and i mm-hmm. uh with with my team i mean i'm i'm all in i i'm playing for this year i'm trading for 34 year old fucking players now so um <laughs> but 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 this team if they weren't to make it well that's okay i got fucking sanchez and seager and freeman and you know yelich i got these young guys that are up and coming so you're you're you know it's a it's an attractive team there's no yeah. doubt about it yeah i mean and in, in the end um regardless of how it all goes i mean um you know, maybe you're you're questioning what the best route would be to attract a new owner. Um, I mean, really, it's the group of guys that are in the league. You know, you could hand me a a gold mine, or you could hand me a, a pile of dog dog shit. And I mean, but if if the group of guys is cool, then that's really what it what it takes for the buy-in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm back at you. Say. Same, same, same on the acceptance. Yeah, we we um we've done a, a fairly good job of of keeping together a, a good group of guys that do get along. And, uh, and he's talking uh, about you, yeah. Joe. So we want to uh, <laughs> we uh, we want to make sure that that whoever is uh, does come in is gonna you know vibe with everybody and and you know uh, uh, get along so on and so forth so that we you know don't end up in these situations. Right. Justin, do you yeah. drunk text? Do I drunk text? Yeah. Was that was that an all? It's a requirement. Story? You're in if you do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm drinking right now. <laughs> How's your gift game? Like, oh my gosh, A plus. And How are you doing in your other fantasy league? Oh my gosh, it's humiliating. Um, You're in. 
<laughs> no, my uh, my other league right now. Um, may uh, not to uh, not to give a a cheap excuse for my poor showing, but I am leading um, drastically in points against. Yeah, we've heard this one. They call that the Moscato Gambit, where I come from. So, Justin, would would uh, would you be willing to? swear on a bible that the juxus league would be your number one priority if you were in a double if you were to, you keep other, to leave your other league or are you at least would, willing to put that other league on a shelf below juiceless oh man would it be one a and one b is that what you're asking can they both be one a no i don't think he formed it as a question <laughs> It was yeah, a, that's probably where the Bible came at. Came in at. Um, I could, I could, I could, I could swear on a stack of Bibles that um, there would not be any um, stints where I was not managing it. You know, the, there is commitment, as we talked about last week. There's commitment, uh, and then there's commitment. <laughs> I'm, 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 I have a Karnak uh, all ready to go based on Moscato here. <laughs> okay, you guys remember Karnak? Yeah. Um, yeah, Johnny Carson. Yeah, a sweet wine and a baseball wine. <laughs> Moscato. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that is fantastic. Very witty. Good yes. job on that. Yes. yes. <laughs> Are you willing to be celibate during baseball season? Because Greg is. No. I'm going to say I'm out then. <laughs> after. No. Yeah. Okay, so good answer on the team. Bad answer on where you would put Juices League. Um, so we have a few other. I it would be 1A. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no. This is. Uh... Sorry, it's not good enough. No, it's not. Look, I mean, the reason the team's open is that we just had someone who just didn't really understand what commitment really is. So right. You just lost Freeman. <laughs> Justin, do you believe in luck? Do I believe in luck? Yeah, so that's I, I think that's an important question. I don't know how to describe the bullshit situation I'm in with my other league. <laughs> actually, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that, so yes, he's a he's a believer in luck. Paul McCartney or John Lennon? Um, I'll go Lennon. Okay. Seems to be the I I I, I want to go McCartney because everyone's so Lennon. I just I just feel like no one's giving McCartney any love. No, it's no, very, I give him a lot very of Very hipster of you. No, that's a clear 1A and 1B there. I mean, I love Paul McCartney. And Derek Jeter, legend or douche? Never heard of him. <laughs> that's right. That's what you said the first time, I think. Yeah. I remember when yeah. we asked that question. Justin, thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming on second time i do expect another publicity tour on your part to get this up to at least number two if not number one uh so this, yes so um no but it's great uh talking to you thank you for uh bringing uh entertainment to our lives and for breaking down the team i thought that was fascinating and you know frankly you saw a lot of heads nodding when you said that this is a team with a lot of a lot of firepower and that you'd be going for it now i think greg's been yeah. saying that for the last five or six weeks um, and it makes me more, even more nervous that this is a zombie team that we probably need to, to deal with. So, uh, it was good talking to you, man. Stay cool down there in Arizona. And, uh, we look forward to the next time we talk to you. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks a lot. And, um, always a pleasure guys. Have fun. You too, man. Great artwork behind you too. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. Bye-bye. Later.
Welcome back, Bockers, and I'd really like to dig into some serious trading that happened this week. We had uh, essentially Godzilla and King Kong making the move. Sometimes I feel like one of those Japanese city dwellers watching as our city gets crushed by these <laughs> titans uh, battling it out. And uh, what I'm talking about is there was a lot of trading that happened this past week. And it began with actually a discussion that was on the podcast last week. Joe was contemplating reshaping his team. He did not like how consistently good some of his players were. And he thought <laughs> that he would rather go with some streakier players. And um, so, you know, he put that out there. Bizarre I don't think, world. Bizarre, I, I don't think any of us really took it seriously when he was talking about trading Trout. And then I, I woke up to two mysterious texts early in the week. Uh, how much does a Mookie go for these days? And <laughs> what about Stanton? And so I thought he was messing around. Uh, later in the week, he asked me to call him. I called him. And we got into a discussion about trading uh, uh, Stanton and John Carlos, John Carlos Stanton and Mookie Betts for Trout. Um, and then spent the next 35 minutes, my entire ride home from work, with Joe telling me why he is not going to do the trade. Um, and then decided to make the trade. And one of the things it did was kind of open my eyes to the fact that I would be willing to trade essentially top players in the league. And I still had the number four player in the league um, in Blackman, but you know, he's older and would be perfect on a team that was making a run. Clearly I was benefiting from the fact that I knew more so than most any other team exactly what was going to happen. I knew the outcome of this season for me. So I could make the moves where six other teams have no idea what the outcome is going to be. Well, maybe before the end of this week, they, they thought that. So then I connected with Jack and Jack Swagger, this guy made an ice cold, just completely gangster move um, in that he traded someone that he loved uh, in Trey Turner is a guy that he drafted and uh, a young middle infielder who uh, for several weeks early in the season was the, in the top three players in the league. Um, he traded them for two studs on the non-Scotty side of 27, uh, and then also got a, a great minor leaguer in Bo Bichette. And, I, you know, this was something that, I, in my opinion, these two guys, uh, the gravity just pulling players to them was so impressive. And I do think that there is a heavyweight fight shaping up here between Rudin Metal and Jack's Wax Packs. I like how the fact that, uh, you know, Tim, you know, you, you, you were square in the middle of the action in terms of the trading and you're portraying yourself like an ingenue, uh, not, not uh, you know, realizing or, or really getting full benefit from these trades while these two Titans square off. You can describe yourself as, as a fleeing citizen in the wake of Godzilla. Right. But you did all right for yourself too, Tim, and I think that uh, you know that that's another part of the story too. That your your rebuild is is interesting and compelling, and you know you're not often in the position that you're in. And I think that uh, 
well, it'll be interesting to see how those players benefit you going forward as much as it'll be interesting to see how the players benefit Joe and Jack this year. So yes, here's the trades. It's a fair point, right? I, again, I benefited from the fact of coming to the realization that my team was not in the playoffs this year. So I, I, and I had players that were movable, but I had to make sure for next year that I could be back where I like to be, which is in the playoff race. So the the first trade was trading uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Mookie Betts, and Ian Happ to Joe in Reardon Metal for Mike Trout. And then then moving Charlie Blackman, Bo Bichette, Robinson Cano to Jack's Wax Packs for Trey Turner. Well, and you're also leaving out, I traded you Victor Robles for uh, the Astros staff as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's funny, Mike. Uh, I talked to Mikey actually afterwards. And um, Mikey, who is uh, atop his division or tied now, um, and, and looks like he's heading to the playoffs. Um, so I talked to him about, uh, about it and his response was, um, that the week of trades basically locked it up for me and Joe. Um, and that after seeing those trades, he's not really going to, uh, going to be putting too much effort into it. Um, <laughs> not, not that, you know, Mikey always tries, but he's yeah. not going to invest. He's not going to push too much harder. He already thought that, that, you know, we were um, uh, elevated, and uh, and this just locks it up. Um, he thought Tim gave up too much in both the deals, um, and and I agree. I did um, too. To a to a point. Um, I also, you know, years ago, me and Tim, you know, had these these talks. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a time when you're building and you and you're kind of creep, you know, the, the goal is to kind of build up the ladder uh, with your roster. And, and are you, you talking know, about Grady you, Sizemore and we almost broke the league with the Grady Sizemore <laughs> trade? Is that what you're talking about? It is a, that is a part of, yes. Yeah. Um, if you, if you could take, um, if you could take two guys in the top 20 and, and trade them for a guy in the top 10 and, and, you know, and then try to take, you know, two, two guys in the top 10 and, and trade them for a guy in the top five and, and each time that you're making the deal, the, the perception is that you're giving up too much, you're losing out on the deal. Um, but if you're able to collect enough talent in each of those levels, tiers of players, um, that you can afford to do it, um, then at the end of it, it doesn't matter what the fuck you gave up if you end up with most of a team of top five guys. Well, plus, I've um, so, seen both of you guys take a top five player and turn them into three top ten players. That that sort of thing backwards of what you just said. We, so, we have yeah. so, and I I don't want this to be about my team. But look, guys, next year I'm going to have Nolan Arenado, Cody Bellinger, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, and Trey Turner. Right, like that exactly. That's yeah. a fucking ridiculous team. For and, sure. For sure. and I I'm going to have a top five minimum pitching staff. So right, so that that makes sense when you look at that and nothing else. It makes sense at the same yeah. time. Joe's team is better now this year, which is probably uh, it's fucking Mike Trout. But but again, you're getting two guys from the next tier. Um, it it, it really comes down to uh, what was the the um the, the other guy getting that Joe replaced, and mm-hmm. and you know how much better is Stanton <clears throat> if Betts can you know do almost as much as trout 
um, Stanton being right there as well, then all of a sudden you're, you're improving yourself. So I, I think both of our teams did get better and um, it made sense for you. It was a tough trade for me. I, um, you it know, wasn't easy I, for me. You know, it's no, I'm same, sure. same I'm as sure. when I traded Altuve, I, I would have loved to have had Altuve on my team, but when I saw having, it having across a, the wire, I, um, it just took, I, I couldn't even react to it. It took me a minute and just seeing all of the names. It wasn't who did better or who got the better of it or what it was just, holy shit. Look at everybody that just got traded in, in, in the same deal. Um, it is a lot of big names and it takes absolute balls. It's Mike Trout. So <laughs> 25 year old Mike Trout. Well, you know, that said, get... I, I'd rather well, play your team with him. So I, you know, I'd, I'd rather play your old team than this one. So I, I do think you got better. So I have the one objective opinion on the podcast because I wasn't involved in any of this stuff. And, and I think that, you know, they were good. I mean, there was benefit to be had all around there. For Tim, it's a, it struck me as a very Tim type of move to make uh, because Tim's like a baller and he goes all in and he doesn't uh, manage his roster from a place of fear, meaning, you know, he gave up, you know, uh, a greater collection of talent for more, um, for, for greater talent. But, you know, of course, the risk in that move is, does Trout have an injury? Or does, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's few, he's investing in fewer, better, sure. but fewer really good players. But that seems like Tim, and that makes sense. You know, Joe, it's almost like Joe had a, a religious experience uh, on the air last week with his catharsis about, uh, going for streakier players over more consistent players. Having had this religious conversion, he immediately perverted his new religion by taking it to such an extreme length, you know? So, yeah, I want streakier players instead of just my, my players are good, but they're too consistent, you know? So, you know, he applied that that new religion. You know, Mike Trout is in a category by himself, and I know he's hurt this year, and I know that's a good move for you, based upon the standings and the pressure you were feeling from a mission commission. But, you know, Mike Trout isn't the, obviously the player that is, you know, too consistent. You know, he's consistently fucking the best in the league, not he's consistently good. Right. You know, so that's what I thought. I was like, wow, he's really committed to this. I'm going to get some guys with streaks instead of having, you know, yeah. Mr. Consistently best player in the fucking history of uh, modern baseball. <laughs> I, I think you're, I think you're over... I think you were putting too much into the the consistent part of what I was saying is I still want to have a consistently good team, but I want to have some more players that are, that are going to pile up points, you know, in a, in a, in a span of time. And, and there it's clearly, okay, you got to sit this guy. He sucks right now. And, and if I can, cause I see, I see Jack and Tim do that and it works for them. And the one year I did win, it worked for me doing that. I, I would I would drop guys and go pick up whoever was hot. Yeah, uh, like yeah just Mikey. trying to you're, you're looking for the ability to to set it and forget it lineup. The the obviously you're not going to replace yeah. Stanton regardless of the number of games or who's pitching. You're not going right. to. I mean, I mean, that. clearly Mike Trout is is a lot of points tied up in one position, which is a good thing. But you know, by trading him away, my outfield is now better than it was. I agree Even with him because yeah. I have two guys. I replaced a great guy with two really good guys. 
Well, and I agree. It, it makes it makes you better this year. I, I no question about it. For Jack, I think that his Jack's team is great this year, and it makes a great team even more solid, more oh God, injury yeah. proof. Yeah. But unlike Mikey, I'm not ready. You know, no offense to Joe, to concede that division or that it's going to be Jack and Joe. You know, this epic clash in the playoffs because, you know, um, as good as Stan and Betts are. They also uh, led the 47 Kamikaze to not such a great record this year. I mean, they're fallible players. Joe beat me today, but it took a, a last home run by Betts to beat me. I know, short week and all that sort of thing. So does Joe's team get better? Yes. But does this kind of guarantee and lay the groundwork for an epic run? Not necessarily. It could if, if, if. If if Stanton and Betts are at their best, yes. Here's, here's how I see it, though. If you if you look at sorry sorry to interrupt, Greg, but if you look at if Joe had lost this week, so Joe had mm-hmm. Joe realized he had to do something quick, and he couldn't count on Trout coming back, and being Trout, and he, so one of the things that Joe would have done in the past is I think Joe would have kind of held back and said, you know what, maybe it's next year, but this year, Joe initiated. And said, I'm going to make it happen. And so Trout, um, you know, this week, if you look at if he had just kept Trout, so Trout got a 1.4, and Betts and Stanton got a 5. And you're in a game that is, uh, geez, within a point. So when you start to Yeah, Brett Gardner just walked. He just walked, right? And the game's over. Over, yeah. So, I mean, he, he, the difference this week between a win and a loss with just a few games remaining, I think, was huge. And so the timing of the deal was, was very important. He, you know, Betts is a year younger than Trout and, you know, has a lot of potential. So he didn't go backwards there. And then he added a Stanton. And I think, you know, what Jack talked about. But I, I think, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about Jack and Joe. And, and I think, the logic makes sense. I think Jack in particular was, was just truly professional about this. I mean, he said, I want to win this year. He took the best team in the league and made them considerably better, deeper, more able to handle more potential injuries. That is scary as hell. And then Joe, I think, you know, lined up. I really do think it's King Kong and Godzilla. Now, having said that, I've watched your team, Greg, and I've watched what you've done since our pre-drinking session, pre-season drinking sessions when you totally raped me on a deal, um, all the way till the the deals that you've been making this week. And I actually would like to pose to the other hosts, I think you actually are more disciplined than Scotty and that you've been more consistently disciplined in reshaping your, your team. Now, you said at the beginning of the year that you didn't like this team as much as you liked last year's team, and you thought this team this year, when you were starting the season, wasn't as good. And you've gone about and reshaped your team in a way that is, is, if you go back and listen to episode two, three, and four, what you've built is very consistent with what you said. And it was easy to forget because you, you talked about throwing in the towel, then you picked the towel back up, and you threw the towel in again, you picked the towel back up. I think it's all a kind of a ruse. I think... I think you all along, you've been building this team according to what your plan has been. And and by picking up the Cubs, that like you did for a song, 
right before they picked up Quintana. I think you picked up the Cubs, and then a couple hours later, the Quintana deal was announced. Or was it backwards? Was it the other way around? It was backwards. I, I heard about Quintana at like 8 in the morning Pacific time, and I was immediately propositioning. Well, that's not bad. Pops. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, whatever it takes. Yeah, so, right. um, and the, the idea here is, is that you got an 8-6-5 out of them for the week which made this game incredibly close. Yeah. And, and if there's any regression to be had, you're going you're gonna to reap that. And then if it's not, you're still going to have a competitive team and you're going to come into next year and both you and I are going to be in the, what did, what did Swagger call them? The shit divisions? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we're going to be in the shit divisions. <laughs> pain, baby. Yeah. Um, to, to get back out. So I don't know, come on, uh, Joe. Swag, what you think or, or what uh, low-key you think. But the reality is, is I think Greg has been incredibly disciplined and then the fact is that the reality is is that scotty had a chance to get blackman and in fact uh was talking to scotty while i was talking to jack and they both knew i was talking to each other player each each other so they, they all three of us knew what was going on and it was jack who said you know what i'm gonna do it and and scotty missed out because i think omission commission could have changed the fate of their season had they had they gone out and got blackman yeah, first of all, Tim offered me the trade to start, and um, so he knows what he's doing. He he always knows what he's doing. Um, Bo Bichette was part of the trade, which I, there's sentimental attachment with uh, between myself and the Bichette family, so he knew that as well. He used that to his advantage, which is fine. That's good. I, I, I admire it. So he originally offered me um, Blackman, and three kids, very good kids, all very good. And I let it sit. I actually went back and looked at it and checked it and looked at it again and kind of went back and forth. And and the reason being is in order to trade Turner for Blackman, which was the, the meat of the deal, then I'm obviously committing myself to winning this year. I'm obviously, I'm, I'm giving up a young fucking stud that plays multiple positions and um, and like I said, I, I don't do well in the drafts. Usually I, I just grab everybody after the fact. So, um, you know, it was a guy that I drafted that, that became a stud right away, you know, in order to do that trade, that meant I was, you know, putting in all my chips for this season. Well, if I'm doing that, then <clears throat> in order to take back these three kids, I would have to drop other guys. And again, there's, um, you know, the, the depth is something that, that I, want to have going into the playoffs. Um, it, it matters. Like I said, I didn't respond for a little while. Um, and then I guess, you know, maybe it was the the fact that Tim started talking about Scotty, whatever the case may be. But it was funny as I started looking back at it, I got another text from Tim and it was, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of a, you know, big dick text, whatever you gotta do this or not mm. big boy. You know, that one of those types, it was, am I dealing with Jack swagger or yeah, yeah. Jack? The team? Yeah, yeah. Yes. There you uh. go. And, uh, so, so, <laughs> so I played for a little bit and uh, ultimately what I ended up doing was, was you saying, well, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to put all in my chips for this year, then I'm going to fucking do it. Give me the 34-year-old Robinson Cano to fill the spot that Turner would have taken when he came back. And um, I'd rather have an old guy that can give me a better chance of winning now than the two kids. And I'm sure I'll regret it two, three years from now when those kids are tearing it the fuck up. But Well, what you're going to do is you're going to go find two more young kids and 
mm-hmm. put them in that place. That's why you and Tim <laughs> are consistently good. Well, I mean, in, in, you know, I agree with what you guys are all saying. I agree with Tim's analysis. I think we had very similar analysis of the moves. I just don't think that it takes Joe to a place of security that Jackson. You know, just being on this podcast is is part of the reason I made those moves. Talking through it with three minds that that know as much or more about baseball and fantasy baseball in particular than I do has helped me kind of kind of get to that point. And it's it's an advantage over what uh, the way Scotty is thinking in that if I were Scotty, the way his team's hitting, I've got the Cardinal staff. I'm going to offer Tim something for the Astros staff, knowing that Jack is not going to trade a pitching staff to me. And if he is, he's he's going to take more than I want to give. Joe, is that <laughs> over over Joe's right shoulder? Is that Dreamboat Annie on the shelf? Yes, back it then? is. It is. I love that album. Yes, it it's is. It's an awesome album. You have a soul How to hot see. for those girls back in the 70s. I actually grew up in a house where they played <laughs> that music. There you go. And I finally got the Easter egg there, Tim. <laughs> it only took four episodes, but yay. Okay, thank you. No, the one you just threw out. Yeah, yeah. Did you pick up the other one? No, I haven't I haven't had time to go back and okay. listen to it. Right. I, I'm not that smart. <laughs> but I did get that one. God bless you, Joe. Not that you care. Not that I, right, wouldn't affect me. I'm six games up. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I, so... Playing against history. <laughs> Six games up at this point means that you have. Uh, yeah, I've, I've clinched. You've clinched. Jack is congratulations and starting Rusty Staub next week. I was going to say, he's going to start resting his regulars at this point, right? Well, think <laughs> about this. So what, what if Jack started to selectively pick his lineup based on who he wanted to play against? Now, Jack's not going to do that. There, it looks like there may be a benefit to to the second seed as opposed to the first. I think that one of the things that has made this league such a an important piece of my life is is the integrity with which the owners have and you know frankly the you know how Jack established this league and and it was you know I've seen him a few times put himself in a worse position from his team's perspective and him as an owner to make sure the league itself uh prospered. Speaking of integrity do you remember the um, George Brett pine tar incident? Of course, of course. When, when the, yeah, right. When the Royals were playing at Yankee Stadium and they were they were down four Came, three, kind of flooding out of the dugout like a madman. Awesome, right? Going crazy. Yeah, so great. Um, I had an experience that you know you, you all know my my wonderful wife Tammy and how sweet she is, and um, we were having a what I thought was a a very friendly game of in the backyard, friendly game of cornhole, um, which the the game itself is named. There's just no way to say that name. I don't know. It's tailgate probably named, toss. Yeah, tailgate toss. Okay. Even then, that even sounds a little bad. But anyway, so she had had a few drinks. I had a few drinks. Toss. Right? As it's freaking, I saw that porno. And then, um, so we're, we're in the backyard, and... We have a badminton net set up, so we can't even do like a legal kind of tailgate toss. So we, she just puts them together and says, "Oh, we'll just there, play. wait, we'll wait. Just there's play. an a, there's a legal there distance is. in tailgate. There is. Oh, we we actually know that there are that's leagues. How we, 
That's how we typically play it. But anyway, well, when's the, when's the shuffleboard court getting installed? It sounds like you have quite a uh, pentathlon of senior citizens' activities going on there. <laughs> but so here we are, right? And and typically how we do it is we play to eleven. You got to win by two, and it's best of three games, right? So you can win one game, and so on and so forth. So I, of course, crush her on the first game. It's just the two of you, not the kids? Just the two of us. Just the two okay. of us. We'd had a few drinks. Uh, we're playing on a non, you know, legit. Non-regulation. Non-regulation court hole. here, right? Uh, and um, I'm going up, and uh, if I win the second game, then obviously I win the whole set, right, the whole match. And suddenly, I, I'm throwing for my 11th point, and Tammy suddenly is like, wait a minute, why are you stepping in front of the the board, right? And I was like, what are you talking about? And so she comes over and like, look, there's where your foot was. Like, you can't do that. Like, And all I could think of was fucking Billy Martin as my, my wife as Billy Martin. Like, you waited this long. We had just tossed this at least 20 times. And suddenly now, when I'm ready to win, you bring this up. Well, how did you react? You, you, did you do pull a George Brett? I did. I totally did. did. I tried, yeah, I tried to. And well, she ended so, up so, it, it so degenerated the, from there because then she threw at point blank through the, the um, this was not violent. This was playful. However, I did end up with a nasty bruise on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> like at point blank, she took and threw the beanbag at my chest. And uh, and struck. It was like a freaking. It was a freak thing. Like she just just drilled me. Yes. Well, so but here here's the alternate telling of the story. Then just okay. from the facts that you yourself have. Uh, let me let me be Tammy's de facto defense lawyer. So what you know, else is new? The, the the whole story was set up. I was waiting for Tammy to explode and act badly. But in fact, it was you, Tim, who were the George Brett of the story. So here's what happened. You guys were playing a game. Tammy noticed that you were cheating. She called you on it, and you went fucking ballistic. <laughs> fucking went that about ballistic. it? Yep. We weren't even. No, here's like, the point. What my fantasy team's doing right now? <laughs> no, we weren't even. We weren't even. No, it wasn't. I wasn't cheating because we weren't even setting this up. We were. We were a few drinks in, and she just wanted to play. And when you know, it's just easier to play with her than to say no. She just play. But the, like she's she's the person that you go play tennis with, who she gets upset when you hit it away from her. Like you, it's just <laughs> for her playing tennis is yeah. volleying. It's volleying, yeah. right? And she so doesn't you... want to keep score in badminton. Like, but but yet, you but know, they, somehow you keeping score in this game I, because I was, and then somehow this like this inner demon appeared out of you know out of Tammy, and suddenly it was like all about the rules. <laughs> And not letting me win, you know. So uh, I just were, were you cheating though? Were you stepping in front of the line? In the lines there. Where, for where is the line on a non-regulation court? Well, okay, but uh, apparently somebody established the line if she was pointing it out. But there's the, the board, right? Yes. There's something missing in the retelling of this. I'm just you saying. Know? I'm not hearing <laughs> inner demon. I'm hearing Tammy say, "Hey, wait a second. Aren't you? Shouldn't you not be stepping in front of that line?" That doesn't sound exactly smack of inner demon. And you could have said, you could have said, you know what? Oh, sorry, honey. And, and took a half step back. Right, I mean, did you right. step in front of the line that was established? He was obviously stepping in front of obviously. the line. The line was established after I had stepped in front of it. 
Now, normally when we play with regulation, I am a stickler for making sure that we don't step you, over the line. But this so you, you stay behind the line? Uh, I that was did, established? I, I, it wasn't established until I was going to win the game. That's when it was established. Well, where, it was did this, where did this mythical line come from? Uh, well, when, when I do mark it out, regulation. Oh, oh. When, now, I'm wh- talking about this particular game. Oh, it was established after she pointed it out. Uh, go ahead, explain explain how the line is normally. The line is normally you can't step beyond the board. Right, so so that didn't change. It's just the distance between the boards that changed. It did. You, so you you still step beyond the board. I did, because it was a friendly so game cheating. of drunk cornhole. It was a, it was a friendly. It was well, a friendly. <laughs> until you got angry at, at her pointing out the fact that you were cheating. That's yeah, and then she that. physically assaulted me with a beanbag. Yeah, but you what? deserved it. You, it's, it's, Wait, you said it's like a walking into a bar now? full of drunk guys. <laughs> sounds like it might have been self-defense. It, it sounds like it was, a, it, was a, it was a freak accident. Now it's an assault. It, it, honestly, it sounds like I'm getting more points scored against me again in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I will let her know since she's the we only you, significant... Tabby. Yeah, right, exactly. The only sign- she doesn't listen. She's the only significant other that doesn't listen to this freaking. Oh, podcast. I think she has to listen to this. I, one. I think the real victims were your pets who had to watch this. You know, They're like, <laughs> right. oh god, these two bought us. Great. <laughs> what about the Johnsons down the street? I wish they were our owners. Favorite. Oh, man. See, I told you. That's why we don't ever go over and play, Martha. Do the Johnsons <laughs> play cornhole? Well, that didn't go as expected. Anyway, I think we need to kind of wrap it up tonight and uh, really congratulate uh, Joe on his team. And, and uh, by the way, Jack, just fucking pitching staffs aside, uh, put up a 35.25. You outscored two teams that played seven games last week. So, had, uh, so basically your, your score this week with three days actually w- was better than two teams that played last week with seven days of scores, just just to give everyone an idea of how fucking good Jack's Wax Packs is. Use um, them up, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they actually pixelated the results of this week's uh, and last week's game for you, Jack, and they shot them into space in the hopes that another culture uh, in, a, in a galaxy, you know, millions of light years from now, will someday hear of that that fucking uh, performance. Uh, and I'm not surprised. I'll save you a seat, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. So, Greg, oh, as, as two night boys, Japanese city dwellers, we must say goodnight to Godzilla and King Kong. And yes, Sayonara, Gamera. Good night, guys. Good night.
big win for you, Joe. Um, if it happens, You're yes, it will be. Oh, Mookie got a hit. You're on mute, Joe. Joseph. You're e. on mute, sir. No, I'm not. You're on mute. Oh, no. My headphones are not. 